going to be a little bit different than the normal episodes because on today's episode it's actually the audio from an interview I did with Tetris Goddess on her podcast the Goddess Grill Sessions and I asked her to send me the raw audio and I cosmic peached it up a little bit and now here we are. It was a really, really awesome conversation, so I felt like you would enjoy it because we are discussing the details on the infamous king of motherfucking pop. It's Michael Jackson. And what I do in this episode is expose the truth behind the man, the music, and the myth. It's all the gory details on Michael Jackson. I know you're going to love this episode. And if you want to check out some more of the beautiful Tetris Goddess and her awesome podcast, I've included her Instagram. She does Instagram live episodes. So it's really interactive, super cool. Check out Tetris Goddess. Show her some love. And, of course, support the show from head to toe. We have the Cosmic Shop. T-shirts, everything you need, I got it for you. Check that out. Of course, if you love what I do, leave a five-star review. Sharing is caring, so... This is a really cool episode to share with someone who may be just getting into conspiracy theories. Send them the link. See what they think. And, of course, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Let's roll right into it. Ha 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 ha! 
welcome to another episode of Goddess Girl Sessions. I am your hostess, Petra Goddess, and today I am here with the lovely fellow hostess, Julia from the Cosmic Peach Podcast. Hi, Julia. Hello. So much Thank for having me. Yo, it is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Today, Julia and I are podcasting about Michael Jackson just in time for the Thriller album's 25th anniversary. For those who don't know, and if you don't know, Julia, what are you doing? (laughs) But for those who don't know, do you mind please introducing yourself and letting us know what you do? Yes, I am the hostess of the Cosmic Peach podcast. And I do conspiracy theories, I do paranormal, supernatural, healthy living, Um, I do it all, and I'm, wherever you listen to your podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, um, and then of course my Instagram is cosmic.peach.podcast, and Tetris reached out to me one day, and I've never been the same, I can't live without Tetris. (laughs) Yes, I feel the same way. My life has been so positively affected after I met you. So like, we're like, I feel like we are just regulars. We're besties, we're co-hosts. We just, I just, I love you. And I'm so excited. I love you. I absolutely love you. And it's rare to find um, people that you can become best friends with these days. Because I feel like everything's so shallow like Mm -hmm. everything's so surface level and like Mm -hmm. oh I'll be their friend unless it inconvenienced me in which case I am just an acquaintance you know Mm -hmm. and I I hate that shit it's so fake Mm -hmm. and you and I were just talking about this the other day and Mm -hmm. like the impact in me you know I can feel that realness too we were talking about that and that clicked with you I saw your profile and I just felt it I felt it through your picture so I'm so honored to call you bestie and be here today recording this with you you are the best and I love your podcast and I'm I'm you know hoping I don't scare anyone because I love that about you you just kind of let me spout off at the mouth and we just go all over the place. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited too. And just FYI to any one of our viewers, if my girl Julia scares you, I say with all due respect, tough shit. <laughs> Julia gives the I truth. keeps it real. <laughs> Julia keeps it real. And that is why I love podcasting with her. I love her podcast too. And I did want to say, I am obviously a very emotional, very sensitive person, and I'm an empath. And I, there are some very sensitive, you know, topics that we're talking about today. And I unfortunately feel empathic both toward Michael and, you know, toward some of the allegations we will be talking about. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, I definitely want to give a trigger warning. You know, we're going to be discussing child abuse, bullying, um, some other very sensitive sub uh, topics today. And I really, really was looking forward to discussing this with you today because you do always bring the truth. And there has been things that have been really weighing on me in regard to Michael Jackson. Um, I'd love to know though, when you first hear of him, what were you doing first song, your first experience with Michael? I was, I was in third grade and we were at Walmart and they had on like the big DVD rack at Walmart, they had Michael Jackson's best music videos and it was like on sale for five dollars or something and my mom bought it and she was like you're gonna learn about Michael Jackson tonight and so we got home we watched the whole thing every music video and that's how I got introduced to you. of course my favorite was Thriller but people don't realize that Beat It was almost just as good as Thriller Beat It and I Want to Rock With You where he's in just he's just dancing and singing <laughs> And it's Wanna amazing. With you? I can't sing, so sorry. Yeah. But, okay, oh, I didn't fuck. know. Rock yes. with you. I didn't know yes. that. Yes. I did not know that. See, 
this is why I podcast with you. You always bring, (laughs) you always bring me info that I didn't know about. And I didn't care about Michael till a little later. Um, You know, I wasn't too, growing up in a traditional Indian family, like I I wasn't necessarily really familiar with pop culture and the latest, but I was watching the award ceremony one day with my mom and my dad and Michael was there and they were doing We Are the World, I believe. Yeah. And people were crying. And I, and I asked my dad, I said, why is everybody crying? And he kind of explained to me. And then I went from there. And of course, I loved his music. I loved, you know, all he was about at that time, just Mm -hmm. loved it. And I am going to be peeking at my notes here a little bit, um, talking about his, his bio and a little bit about growing up. Um, You know, he was uh, the youngest, he was the uh, youngest of how many siblings? Nine. Of nine siblings. There's two sisters, mm-hmm. and then I believe four brothers, and he made the fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and yeah. since we are doing this via Zoom, right. we can treat the listeners and, and watchers of the podcast. I can share my screen and actually pull up some images <gasps> to show our audience tonight as well. And I think that'll come in handy a little bit later on when we're talking about the plastic surgery and we're talking about some of that. So you let me know whatever, whenever you're comfortable and we can look at some images together as well. Oh my God, that's great. Benefit of doing Zoom because mm-hmm. I think it's the images will be really important when we're talking yeah. about the change in his appearances. I think they're really significant. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's so cool. That's awesome. Thank you for offering that. Um, I think it's kind of well known that his childhood was rough. And I think this is well known because as he got older, he's known for acting like a child. He's known for being yeah. the king on stage, but be having this childlike demeanor, being shy, uh, liking child things, playing with children, which is of course part of the controversy later. Um, and just the abuse from his dad of mm-hmm. always making them work. You know, he was in the Jackson Five, which debuted in 1964. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you have any commentary on his childhood, how he was raised, how that could have affected him, you know, later on I in think life? Poor Michael um, was massively talented. I think a lot of uh, his siblings were massively talented, mm-hmm. and their dad was a sociopath and a psychopath. And mm-hmm. He abused them mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I also believe because of who Joe Jackson was, they he could have actually been involved in maybe SRA, uh, which is like satanic ritual abuse. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. You abuse the child over and over and over again till it almost splits off a piece of that child's personality and it they disassociate because they're being traumatized so much right they can't take it anymore so they almost create like another personality mm-hmm. that can handle the abuse mm-hmm. and then they protect them you're right and it's like a protective mechanism and i think that's what happened to michael because he was this charismatic timid beautiful young soul who could Mm -hmm. sing and wanted to sing and wanted to do all these things but his dad abused him over and over and and I'm not even talking sexually Mm -hmm. while I wouldn't put that outside the realm of possibility right I wouldn't either I I mean I've never heard it but I Mm -hmm. would not rule that out that Mm -hmm. he was being sexually mentally physically everything abused Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. think Michael had like a split off and he Mm -hmm. split a piece of himself off and that part stayed a child Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. piece of him that he was like I never got to be a child right so I'm gonna keep this childlike personality right forever because I it, it was almost like he was Michael moonwalking king of pop badass michael with his dancing and everything but then there 
was the Michael that was still like a little boy mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's that split personality thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we we were mentioning like satanic ritual abuse, which unfortunately I know a lot of, I've even read of accounts Mm -hmm. from, you know, adults now that experience that as children, according to my research, Latoya, at one point after I believe his first allegation made a comment that the kids, all the kids were sexually abused by Joe. Now she later retracted that statement and tried to say that her husband forced her to say that. So of course the truth, we don't know, but I just don't put it past um, Joe. I don't, especially, especially with what you said and the, the split personality, that's how, you know, people, unfortunately people of abuse deal with, with Mm -hmm. that. And not ever getting to play, not ever getting to be around children his age, not ever getting to do any of that. Um, I, during crucial developmental years, yeah, obviously, obviously is going to, you know, affect his mental health, his mm-hmm. growing up, his development, all of that. So I think, you know, it was important for us to touch upon his early childhood years um, before we kind of delve into his adult years, who was Michael Jackson, obviously the king of pop, um, just staring at my notes here, you know, his, he was singer, songwriter, dancer, badass, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. and, and according to my research for four decades, four decades, he was dubbed the king of pop um you know you made a significant influence in dance um just racially as well um i don't know the exact stats but on mtb if i'm not mistaken he was the first african-american i think if he wasn't the first Mm -hmm. he was the one who was like all right this is a thing now like you're not gonna say no to michael jackson and he kind of dominated the whole music scene for years uh-huh. and to this day michael jackson he still does yes he does yeah he still absolutely does and thriller being um thriller i'm trying to look at the year released in late 1982 mm-hmm. and that was since it is the 25th anniversary that was a 500 thousand dollar production a mill and for back then can you imagine in 1982 how that's a lot of money anyways yeah but for 1982 you know and and the first music video that was like this actual like a short movie you know (laughs) it was was a movie and he was uh my god he was a werewolf and then he was a zombie and then he was like dancing and then it was just so iconic they reference thriller in so many movies pop culture is inundated with michael jackson references the glove the shoes the hat the socks everything about him permeates our culture and that's the part where you have to split it off and go Michael Jackson, the artist. Yes. Yes. And then you have to say, there was another Michael Jackson who was doing some other things. And, you know, we can get into that later, but you have to separate split personality. It's almost like, like Sybil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He doesn't recognize almost. Mm-hmm. the performer the child michael and the mm-hmm. abuser michael mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. literally split off personalities right right and i'm so glad that another reason why i'm glad i'm talking about this with you is because it really kind of helps me make sense of it not mm-hmm. that any of it is is an excuse but it really helps me kind of make sense of it like cuz i was thinking how could a man that goes up, I mean, there was like seven tenths up when he would perform because fans would faint. How could a man that is just this badass also be so shy? 
and be so childlike and make friends with children and you know, the split personality, I didn't even kind of think of it that way until I talked to you. The split personality makes a lot of sense. And his damn sister, Latoya. Oh yeah. Has come out and said, no, he's, he's a pedophile. 35 year old man is going to take a little boy and stay with him for 30 days. Is your brother a pedophile? In my eyes, definitely. Yes. Right. Right. He's a pedophile. Like, like, think of it like this Tetris there are very few people in my life who know everything about me my Mm -hmm. husband Mm -hmm. my brother and my sister know Mm -hmm. everything about me right so you have to take her Mm -hmm. at her word Mm -hmm. that maybe why would she want to throw her brother who's also one of the most influential people in the world why would bus. she want to do that? She right, did, right. Almost degrade herself at that point. Mm-hmm, she puts mm-hmm, herself is. on the line saying that. Right. And earlier when I mentioned that she said that her father uh, sexually abused them all, this was the same time, which she later retracted. But a sibling, for a sibling to say that, like you said, for a sibling to say that. And later when she retracted the statement, she said that, you know, she never saw, she didn't know. But the reason why she said that is because she saw copies of the hush money. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the hardest part for me with, with all this, with this is for the longest time. And I'm almost the same ashamed to say this, but for the longest time in my head, you know, cognitive dissonance, I've heard, I never really look into the charges, but I kind of thought these people just want money. They just want money. They just want money. Now to this day, I have to say, I wasn't there. He knows and the children know, but I saw the documentary Finding Neverland, Neverland. or Leaving Neverland. My apologies. Yeah. Have you seen that as well? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the realest shit. And, and the empath in me, you know, um, safe talk and Wade, there was a part, it was Wade. There was a part that flashed of him as a child, you know, and I, and I get emotional thinking about it Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing him there and he was lying saying, no, he's never done anything to me. I know. In spite of what they're claiming today, in 1993, both Robson and Safechuck denied being molested by Jackson when allegations were brought by another boy, Jordan Chandler. That case settled out of court. You all both tell a very descriptive story about you know, sexual activity with Michael Jackson, yet when you were asked to testify in 2005, and, and Wade, you did, you got on the stand and you testified in his behalf, and vehemently denied that any sexual activity had taken place. Yes. Why did you do that? The training, Michael's training of me to testify began the first night that he started abusing me. He started telling me that if anybody else ever finds out, we'll both go to jail. Both of our lives will be over. The 2005 criminal trial of Michael Jackson centered on molestation charges brought by a child cancer survivor named Gavin Arvizo. Court testimony shows that from the stand, Wade Robson denied ever kissing, showering, or even cuddling with Jackson. You know, they credit your testimony in part for Michael's acquittal. You know, you were called really a star witness. You, you withstood a blistering cross-examination, yeah. and he was acquitted. On some level, do you feel guilty about that now? Do you think about that? Yeah, I do think about that. I have, and I do. I wish that I was ready. I wish that I could have helped Gavin Arvizo receive some justice. And looking into his eyes, I saw a child that was being abused. Yes. And it was it was very hard to swallow. Also... The fact that these two boys' mothers put themselves out there, they're opening themselves to a whole world of criticism as their mothers. And I can't lie and say that even I was like, how could you? How could you let your child sleep in the same bed with them? You know, but after seeing that, after seeing that documentary, I, I just, 
I felt like there's no, there's no denying it. There's uh, no denying it. No. And the boys had Stockholm's. Yeah. That's why they protected Michael. Were you frightened by the actions or his words? I was not frightened by the actions. You were not. You did no. not think this is creepy. Don't no. touch me. No, this I, is wrong. You didn't think any of that. No, I didn't think any of that. It was out of all the kids in the world. Right. Here I am. And Michael shows me. Of course. Of course. And it's so understandable, especially when you're abused. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, Julia, the first allegation that first, first came out, um, the father of the boy accepted money um, instead. Jordan Chandler. Jordan Chandler. And I've, I've never heard Jordan speak up, you know, or anything like that. I've never watched any documentary. I don't know if there's any that exists, but in my head, after seeing that movie, even then, even then I was trying to justify, not justify, but create some kind of rebuttal. Well, maybe, maybe these men are out for attention. Maybe they're out for, you know, personal gain something because it's just such a hard thing for me to fathom and swallow this is a man that we all grew up to learn love and Mm -hmm. um one of the things that I was trying to make sense of is Jordan Chandler's father um upon my research I unless this isn't correct Michael wanted to do an actual trial but Jordan's father kept it at a civil trial if I'm not mistaken or I think in and this is just me pulling sure. this right out of my ass because mm-hmm. I wasn't there, I don't know. Right. I think the dad was like this. He was like, Michael is never going to jail. Let's just get that out of the way. But there is a potential that we could just settle with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my, there was no way they were sending Michael to jail, okay? Mm-hmm. You have to know the odds are stacked right. in a situation right. like that. Why are you going to spend your own money on mm-hmm. lawyers, these, this, that, court, years, year mm-hmm. of your life in trial right? with Michael Jackson? Jackson. Michael fucking Jackson. Right. Just, just settle. Get right. the money. Get your kid in like a therapy. Obviously, he's going to need therapy. Right. And then just be done with it because those other two boys had already said, no, he never touched me. They were building a case to make it look impossible that Michael did this. And then they have Macaulay Culkin. No, he never touched me. Right, right, right. And um, I also saw that his dad wasn't the greatest person um, because he opted for like the child parent divorce, I think, Um, you know, I I forgot the exact word for it, but the, the separation emancipation, emancipation, he opted for that later in life. The dads even hit the child in the face later in life. The dad seemed to be money hungry, according Mm -hmm. to what I saw. And again, you know, me, my mind trying to not accept that this happened was thinking, well, why would, why would a parent of somebody who got abused accept money? And that is, you know, again, why I'm glad I'm talking about the same reason he let his son around Michael in the first place. He wanted money. That little kid was making money hand over fist, music Mm -hmm. videos, this, Mm -hmm. he was putting his child in the arms of a potential predator for money. Mm -hmm. And then when his child was like, Hey, he's touching me inappropriate. I won't get into details, but he's doing these things to me. Mm -hmm. And his dad's Mm -hmm. like, cha-ching I don't mm-hmm. care about you anyways you little mm-hmm. money bag mother yeah I'm just gonna and, get some money yeah, out of this. but that kid is truly the victim right the hell with the dad he was right. in for money from the beginning which is why he let his kid alone unsupervised mm-hmm. with Michael mm-hmm. but then he was like all right I'm not gonna be able to win this lawsuit they're mm-hmm. never gonna send Michael to jail I'm gonna get some money for mm-hmm. this kid, I didn't care about anyways that I mm-hmm. let Michael do these things to. And right. at the end of the day, 
we've done the child a disservice two times over now. Right, right, right. And the poor child, no wonder why the child wanted to be legally emancipated. emancipated. Yeah. No wonder. And it's just so heartbreaking. And another thing that is so heartbreaking is how we're talking about Stockholm syndrome. These are little boys. You know, even to this day, Safe Chuck said that he feels guilty because he's foretelling on him. And it's the most heart-wrenching thing to me. It's so heartbreaking that that he feels guilty. Um, I also saw that the mothers were part of kind of the abuse that Michael, he he just kind of glammed them up is what I learned from that documentary. Mm -hmm. Like he reeled them in, separated them from their husbands. You know, he's always calling and faxing the boys and I just had a really hard time because Julia if you have a little one and there's a grown man faxing them spending hours on the phone with them telling them they love them wouldn't that raise a red flag to you I feel like if it was a regular man yes but Michael Jackson but Michael Jackson was so soft-spoken right? and he was so gentle wouldn't hurt a fly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. buying things like we're talking about pampering the family and the kids right Right. And, and then think if you're the mom you go and pick your kid up after he spent a week alone with Michael and he says what a great time he had how great mm-hmm. Michael is. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, oh my God, Michael Jackson is like this perfect person. He sure. pampers me and my family. He gives us money. He's so sweet and gentle and timid and good hearted and talented mm-hmm. and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And my son has such a good time when he's with Michael. Mm-hmm. And then it's years and years and years and years later. And it was like, yeah, mom, I never told you because X, Y, Z, he, told me I'd go to jail. He told me. And then the moms are having like this come to Jesus moment. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Right. I mean, this was just the most magical thing I'd ever seen. And that first night, Michael kind of took us on a little bit of a tour. And he said to me and my sister, you can stay in one of the guest rooms or, or you can stay in here with me if you want. And my reaction was, of course, I want to stay with you. We had one more night that way that myself and my family were going to leave and go on another kind of vacation to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. I was devastated to leave Michael. Michael was devastated for me to leave. He actually sobbed. So you got to stay. So I got to stay. And so it was just Michael and I in Neverland for the next week. And your parents allowed that. My parents allowed that. Mm -hmm. Within either the first or second night of Michael and I being alone at Neverland, the night started changing. One of the ways I remember it starting is, um, you know, Michael just sort of starting to touch my legs and touch my crotch over my pants. It progressed to him performing oral sex on me, him showing me how to perform oral sex on him. Did it scare you? Did you think it was wrong? The couple days prior to, to, to the abuse starting, he started touching me, just in the sense of, like, hand on my leg, lots of hugs, kissing my forehead, rubbing my hand. So there had been this kind of development of physical closeness that was happening already that felt like a father. It just felt amazing. As Michael started doing these sexual acts, he started talking to me about God brought us together. We love each other, and this is we how we love each other. We love each we other, are. and this is how we show each other our love. James, you're, you're nodding in agreement to what he's saying. Tell me what happened to you. He introduced me to masturbation. He said I taught him how to French kiss. Um, and then it moves on to oral sex. But are it's are not... you frightened or thinking this is weird or wrong? No, no, it's in the context of a, a loving, close relationship. There's no alarm bells going off in your head or, or any thoughts like that. Really, it's just 
I love this person and, and uh, we're trying to make each other happy. He said oh, I was his first, but even as a kid you don't even know what that means. So your lovers and your best friends. What does that mean, James? You're in a relationship and your lovers. You're a little boy. Right. And he's a, he's a 30-something man and you're a little boy. Because at that age, how do you even know what that means? Well, you don't. You just feel really connected to someone and you just love them intensely. And I can't help but feel for the moms too. I really felt for, I believe it was Safe Chuck's dad who passed away because it, Michael really separated them. You know, they really, he really isolated them from their family. And um, when you mentioned gifts, Safe Chuck yeah. showed the rings that Michael would buy him when he would perform, I guess, certain sexual favors. And it was so so just gut-wrenching and the the boys both are fathers to boys and they said that it was when they became fathers and thought of Michael I believe one of them had a dream of Michael doing what they did to them to to the little son it was then they were like this is wrong this Mm -hmm. is so wrong this is so wrong um is there any part of you like there was me any part of you at all that feels there's a slight possibility that this could have not happened? No, I think it definitely happened. I don't think the part of Michael that you and I love did this. I think Mm -hmm. the part of Michael, think of it like when you're a kid, like what, fourth or fifth grade Mm -hmm. and your friends come over and you're like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Right. You're like curious about looking at each other and you're developing your sexuality. It's like Mm -hmm. Michael never had that. He was around grown men all the time. He felt like he was a little boy. And so when he's around these little boys, he's like kissing them and hugging Mm -hmm. them and -hmm. just wanting to hold their hand. And mm-hmm. it started very intimate, kind of like, I, I'm just curious about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the curiosity turned to, well, then I'll just touch you. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just touch you became like actual sexual encounters. But mm-hmm. the boys recall it as being like, I loved him. I love Michael. Yeah. Like it yeah. was brutal ripping their clothes off and like punching them in the face and holding them down. It wasn't, it was like soft mm-hmm. and like you almost Intimate. didn't know it was happening kind of right. thing. Public in general thinks it's violent, that it's very painful, but what you're describing is totally the opposite of that. I mean, he didn't beat me. He didn't, you know, he never said mean things to me. Um, it was all, we love each other. Like right. the childlike curiosity of like, let's mm-hmm. play with each mm-hmm. other's parts kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And that part of Michael was like a permanent six-year-old right. or a, whatever age he was when he got abused. Like uh-huh. he, uh-huh. he never, it, it like stayed within him. And then when he was even a full grown man, he was still trying to express that. He was, he was. And I don't often show this side of me on my podcast or anything, but you know, Julia, there's a part of me that is extremely childlike too. I play with mm-hmm. Barbies. I collect Barbies because mm-hmm. when I was young, some of the things that I had to deal with and face, you know, most adults don't deal with in their entire life. And right. so I kind of understand the feeling of being robbed of your childhood. It's just the fact that obviously he was an adult and and but he that probably part of him. learned that's mm-hmm. how you show love. Mm-hmm. That's how you show love. And, 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 and they, they tried to say the, the, there's another documentary called Finding Lever- Neverland, which I said on accident earlier, but Finding Neverland was trying to really defend Michael, really defend Michael. And they tried to say that when Michael grew up, he was used to sleepovers. He was used to everybody sleeping on the bed, one big party and this and that. And that was kind of the nostalgic for him. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the excuse 
in the documentary given. But is it really appropriate for a 44-year-old man to share a bedroom with a child who is not related to him at all? That's a beautiful thing. That's, that's not a worrying thing? Why should it be worrying? Who's the criminal? Who's, who's Jack the Ripper in the room? <laughs> this is a guy trying to help heal a child. I'm sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor. I gave him the bed because he has a brother named Star. So him and Star took the bed, and I'm on the floor in the sleeping bag. Did you ever sleep in the bed with them? No. But I have slept in the bed with many children. I sleep in the bed with all of them. When Macaulay Culkin were little, Kiri, Kieran Culkin would sleep on this side, Macaulay Culkin's on this side, his sister's in there. We're all just jamming the bed. Then we wake up like dawn and go in the hot air balloon. You know, we, we have the footage. We, I have all that footage. But is that right, Michael? It's very right. It's very loving. That's what the world needs now. More love. More the world. More, the world needs more a heart. the world needs a man who's forty-four sleeping no, in a you're bed with it, children. No, no, you're making it all wrong. That's well, tell me, help me. Because, what's wrong with sharing love? You, you don't sleep with uh, your kids or some other kid who needs love who didn't have a no, good childhood. No, no, I don't. I would never dream of sleeping. I would. I would, I would never dream. Because you've never been where I've been mentally. What do you think people would say if I said, well, I've invited some of my daughter's friends round or my son's friends round and they're going to sleep in the bed with me tonight? That's fine. What do you think their parents would say? If they're wacky, they would say, you can't. But if you're a close family, like your family, you know them well. And, um, and, uh, but, Michael, I wouldn't like my children to sleep in anybody else's bed. Yeah. But isn't that precisely the problem, that when you actually invite children into your bed, you never know what's going to happen. But when you say bed, you're thinking sexual. They make that sexual. It's not sexual. But we're going to sleep. I tuck them in. We put, I put a little like, uh, music on into a little story time. I read a book. It's very sweet. We put the fireplace on. We give them hot milk. You know, we have little cookies. It's very charming. Very sweet. Sure. It's what the whole world should do. The reason that's been given for why you didn't go to jail was because you reached a financial settlement with the family. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do a long, drawn-out thing on TV like O.J. and all that stupid stuff. And it, would, it wouldn't look right. I just said, look, get this over with. I want to go on with my life. This is ridiculous. I've had enough. Go. When I watched this documentary, it was after leaving Neverland, and it really confused me. Because you see a documentary of these two, and I was so convinced, and then I see this documentary that's really defending Michael and has an answer for everything. So that's even more why I wanted to, you know, do this podcast with They're you. They're both true. Uh-huh. They're they both just, true. They are. He did grow up with all the kids in the bed and having mm -hmm. sleepovers. And that mm -hmm. was nostalgic to him. That felt like home to him. That mm -hmm. recalled positive emotions in him having that right. happen right he wanted right. to relive that right right just like a and serial killer will go back and visit the victims after they've murdered them and, and necrophile them it. because they want mm -hmm. to experience that again mm -hmm. now that's an extreme case but for michael he was trying to relive his childhood through these boys mm -hmm. and if he was sexually assaulted as a child he grew up thinking that's how you show love. You touch right. each other's privates. You, right. you kiss each other on the mouth. He was gay. Right. Never came to terms with that. He never right. came to terms with that. And, you know, you're special and, you know, as well as, you know, we are not gay. We just love each other and this is how you show your love. He would say to you, we're not gay? Yeah. Did I, you even know what that meant as a little kid? We're actually, yeah. I mean, as, did. as soon as the abuse started, I had this question of, does this mean I'm gay now? That the abuse is, when the abuse started on tour? Now mm -hmm. you're dealing with not being able to identify what your sexuality is. Mm -hmm. It's demonized in the black community. Absolutely. Especially back then. Yes. So now you can't say that you're gay and don't want to admit that you are. You've been abused as a child. You don't know how to show love properly. And you idealize and fantasize about your childhood that you never got to live. So you're living through these little boys who are just happen to adore you, adore right. you. All right. he wanted was love. 
Right. All he wanted in this world was for somebody to love him unconditionally. And that's what Mm -hmm. kids do, Mm -hmm. which is why he surrounded himself with kids. And I don't Mm -hmm. think Michael even thought what he was doing to these boys Mm -hmm. was bad. Right. Right. And, you know, there was a part where they did the first raid, you know, finding Mm -hmm. Neverland. And I found it interesting that they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything during that first raid, which again, I cognitive dissonance. I use that as well. They didn't find anything. Why do you think, how do you think he was able to kind of wipe clean Neverland? Um, I mean, because could it, there had to be cameras, Julia and Wade described them going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Ha- there had to be cameras somewhere. And I don't understand why, they weren't able to find anything that first I'll tell time. you why. I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, I don't think there would have been so big of a camera thing going on, especially not in Michael's bedroom. Right. And the maids would say everything was cohesive, never saw anything until they went in Michael's room. That's where mm-hmm. all the abuse would happen. There's no cameras in Michael's room. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Michael probably stopped doing those things after he became a father himself. That's also something I was wondering. That's years worth of years. him not doing any of that. Right. To have scrubbed the slate clean, so to speak. Right. Right. So after he looked into his own son's eyes, his baby son, and mm-hmm. watched his baby son, like he was getting to do all those things with his son that he Mm -hmm. wished happened for him as a child. He was like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be the best dad. Mm -hmm. And I think all that acting out his fantasies, that part was kind of over with for him. And he was like, Mm -hmm. full on, like, I'm a dad now. Right. And he had a lot of time to kind of, all right, I have three kids. Now, did you know he's got a real biological kid? The Michael Jackson, right? Is it the yeah, Michael? He, yeah, I did not know that until I researched for our podcast. He has one biological child, and right. the rest and of them are like test tube babies. I think right blanket um, and Paris, blanket Paris and mm-hmm. Prince are not his <gasps> logical. I children. forgot about Prince. I forgot about Prince and. I had wondered that. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I had really wondered about his own kids, especially after finding out that he does have a biological son that is older. One biological than... son named Omar. Yeah. Yeah. Omar. Oh, 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 oh. His name wasn't Michael. J- I, I thought he was like Michael Jackson the second, but so his, named Omar. His name is Omar. Let me show you a picture of him. I would love to see a picture. See what, if he looks like his dad. I'm oh wondering... my God. He's so handsome. Do you know if he follows in his dad's footsteps at all? Yes, he loves to sing, bless his heart. I feel like he never got a fair shake, you know? No. And to and I and I often wonder what his kids, because Paris was crying, you know, so hard at her dad's memorial. And of course it it sparked emotion in me as well. And I wondered what does Paris think about these allegations? What does Blanket think? But of course, it's their father. They love their father. And judging from the fact that he probably never did these things to them, they probably don't believe it. They don't. And they weren't old enough to know. Exactly. Look at him. (gasps) That's his. Oh, my gosh. And look at the red jacket. He has Michael's chain. Wow. I he must That's lay him as a little low. boy. What a handsome little boy. You know, Julia, he must be laying pretty low. Wow. What a handsome kid. Very handsome, yes. And wow. looks just like Michael. Oh my gosh. Look at him here. Oh my god. What he's a hottie. He is a hottie. He is a total hottie. Wow. And he was trying to sing for a while. He can't. Uh That's him and his dad right there. Oh, my goodness. With the little hat. He must have laid low from the whole 
uh, scene. I, I know Michael was very protective about his, you know, keeping his children off camera and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, because I mean, unless I was just, you know, under a blanket myself, he, I haven't seen much of him. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And again, he said his dad never did any of those things to him. His mom is supposedly the Billie Jean character. (gasps) Oh. Not my son, but the dude is not my son. He fucking is because he looks just like you, Michael. (laughs) Fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Seen those pictures of him because I was like, wow. He looks what a handsome. I know. What a handsome young man. And by the way, I don't know Uh if you ever saw. Uh, like interviews with the the woman Deb Debbie Rowe. Who I think carried- she's suing him for something. Suing she Michael for is something. Fucking crazy. She's fucking a pathological liar, and she's wow. crazy. Wow. And wow. Those there have been probably twenty five interviews with her. She mm. will not admit that Michael Jackson never had sex with her had sex is that how why are you guys so interested in what okay i've got to tell you something yeah when that door closes Mm -hmm. that's my business Mm -hmm. that is not your business Mm -hmm. and that is extremely inappropriate to ask there is no comment there'll probably continue to be no comment about a number of things for a number of reasons mostly it's none of your damn business Mm -hmm. and actually latoya has said he gagged Mm-hmm. And was physically repulsed at the thought of being intimate with a woman. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. No, what? And somebody will be like, "Did you have sexual intimacy with Michael Jackson?" And she'll be like, "That's none of your business." That's the, oh that. god. And it's like she's it's just because, using his fame for her own personal yes. gain. She just was using- never sexually intimate with Michael Jackson. They were BFFs. It would be mm-hmm. like if two girls were hanging out all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. children for him. Right. Because she adored him as well, just like everybody adored him. But right. there wasn't right. a sexual relationship. Right, right. And to touch upon what you said about the, the not repulsed by women, yeah. Um, the boys kept mentioning that Michael kept saying, you know, women, he kept kind of downing women. And, you know, obviously after the first allegation when he married uh, the king of, you know, the king of rock's daughter. Yes, uh, that Lisa was, Marie. Yes, that was obviously a ploy to get attention away from the allegations, all that stuff. Do you remember what you thought when Michael announced he was getting married to Lisa Marie? I said, oh my God, is this real or this is to cover up this other situation that's happening? Uh, why think that right away? Maybe your brother's getting married and... Because I know him. I know that he doesn't have an interest in women. I know, not that kind of way. Any woman? No, absolutely not. He would never touch a woman. He would say it. Oh, can't stand them. He would just say it. I can't stand them. Why do you think Michael and Lisa Marie went on such a public campaign to convince everyone that this marriage was on the up and up, that it was real, legit? To throw the allegations off the lower floor. Period. Blank, period. Which I, I know now, you know, when it was happening, I was still pretty young. I didn't understand mm-hmm. that. The the burn, I wanted to bring up the Pepsi commercial burn incident. You know, I got burned yesterday. Tiny little burn. I'm a baby, you know, <laughs> tiny yeah. little burn. And it hurt so much more to me because I am a baby, Julia. And do you feel that this burn on his head affected him? Because I do feel that his addiction toward medication Oh yeah. That was that, that was hurt. started by that. Judging mm-hmm. from how much this tiny burn hurt. Yeah, you know? I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. two things could have happened there. It could have been a genuine accident mm-hmm. or they could have been sending him a message. Mhm. Mhm. Have you already had his... out Michael Jackson? That's what it had felt he... like to me. Had he already had his first child abuse allegation prior to that Pepsi commercial? Do you know? No, I don't think so. Because he was still black in the Pepsi commercial. And right. he had went full on porcelain when the first right. 
allegations came out. So I don't think so. Right. But there could have been other stuff behind the scenes we don't know about. We'll never know. And there always is. There yeah. always is. And I mean, I learned that from you from our last po- you know, podcast about yeah. the culture guys. As far as his appearance changing, Michael said that he did have the skin condition. Um, I'm is it vitiligo? Vitiligo. I knew I was going to say mm-hmm. it incorrectly, but the, a lot of people were very upset that he chose to portray himself as porcelain rather than black. He said that he chose porcelain because. That was the main color of his skin with all this, you know, all the blotches that he was losing the dark part of his skin and that he chose to wear the light makeup or perhaps bleach his skin um, because of that. What is your thoughts on that? He hated himself. He hated himself. He didn't have fucking vitiligo. Have you seen someone with vitiligo? It's very different. It's so, it's, it's, it's so like patchy. It's patches mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. never go full head to toe with it. Right. Never. Right. right. Never. And mm-hmm. so he, his dad always made fun of him. His nose being mm-hmm. one of the things his dad constantly said he had an inward nose mm-hmm. and he'll always have an inward nose. Mm-hmm. And he used to say disgusting, despicable things to Michael Jackson. You top that with sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. hated himself sure sure. yeah yeah and I'm sure the sexual abuse that he did also that he you know inflicted Mm -hmm. upon these innocent children also made him hate himself um I think it was like an addiction for him and then he probably felt horrible about it because to some degree you have he had to know it was wrong Otherwise, he wouldn't hide it from the world. You know, he would do it out and open. But to some degree, there was an interview where he was at Neverland with one of the young kids. I forgot that child's name, unfortunately. I can't remember if it was Jordy. But I have it all- right here. Let me. Oh, that's perfect. When when the child was kind of all of a sudden, when when they asked him about sleeping in the same bed and the child kind of was like, yeah, I do it because Michael says we love each other and that's uh-huh. what people who, and Michael looks scared. So yeah. he had to yeah. at some degree understand, you know, that that was wrong. So it was Wade Robson, James Safechuck, Jordan Chandler, Jordan Jason Francia and Gavin Arvizo. So we have quite a few young boys there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, since we did talk about his appearance, um, just backtracking a little bit, Julia, if you don't mind, do you mind showing us maybe just an image from what he was, you know, around Billy yes, Jean time? It's to astonishing. What right. It's astonishing his his changes, and honestly, naive me until I talked to you thought that he might have had the skin condition. Hell um, no! Look and at- and do you think? Wow, just seeing them together side by side like that, he he couldn't stand who he was as an abused victim. Do he you wanted think, to be yeah. so far removed mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. that trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Do fuck. you think it had anything to do with his own ethnicity, though? Um, do you think, or just him as an individual? Because obviously that was another big thing. People said, you know, he does he hates his nationality. Do you uh, do you think no, it had to do doesn't. with his nationality? Hell no, I don't think he so. He was right. very actually proud of his accomplishments and what he did mm-hmm. for um, like racial equality. He wrote a lot of songs for Janet geared mm-hmm. towards racial equality. Mm-hmm. That was never his thing. He, mm-hmm. he could have been Asian and hated mm-hmm. himself so much. He just wanted to look like a white person or he could have been 
uh, Native American. He could have been, it didn't, it just happens to be that he was abused as a young black child and couldn't stand the thought of what happened to him. And he literally created an alter ego. Right. He created a new Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So the new Michael Jackson didn't have to live in the shoes of the abused child who couldn't fight for himself, who couldn't do anything for himself to save him. And it was that trigger that you're abused so badly that your soul pops out Mm -hmm. during the abuse. It hurts because that's what abuse does, especially to a child. Yeah. It hurts your soul. Yeah. It hurts your soul. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, to kind of wrap, wrap things up. Um, I'd love to, since you are such an expert on, on controversy and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, we think of, we we talk all things controversy. When he died, there was the big, you know, his doctor killed him. Doctor obviously went to trial. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think there was money missing? Do you think the doctor actually legitimately killed him or oh was it- he, yeah he was killed mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was killed and they covered it up he may have even been asked the doctor may have even been asked or paid to do this to, to do him. Right. um definitely he he was murdered mm-hmm. and things were in such a shamble with him towards the end i feel like they were like okay nobody really is giving a shit about Michael anymore um now is a good a time as ever let's go ahead and um um end his life and it had gotten almost cartoonish in a way where he had Mm -hmm. disfigured himself to the point of being unrecognizable Mm -hmm. and it was so somebody could have even been like listen he's back to doing this thing again with these boys and they're about to come out and say right. it again. And they were like, right. can we, let's just, let's just silence this once and for all. We'll get rid of him, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously he's a living legend. He'll never die, mm-hmm. but they killed the human form of him, but he lives mm-hmm. on like in spirit, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, you know, I feel sorry for him. Me too. I I feel sorry for him and I hope he was able to get right with God before the end. I really, so I hope there was a moment where he was able to purge himself and just kind of let go and let God pretty much. And just be like, I've been abused. I've been tormented my entire life and I'm ready to be at peace and kind of had that moment before his death. I hope that happened for him. I can't say that it did, you know, nobody was there, but yeah, that wasn't an accident. It was premeditated. And that's how I felt too. I mean, yeah. just after investigating that. And in Finding Neverland, he was called the, the most bullied person on the planet. And mm-hmm. I do believe that was true. I believe paparazzi purposely took all these horrendous photographs of him. I just, you know. I do feel that he was the most bullied. So he endured all this abuse as a child. And then he becomes the king of pop, hates himself, and then endures more abuse. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time out to talk to me about, you know, Michael. I've been wanting to podcast about MJ for a really long time. And as always, Julia, I got answers because I always get answers when I podcast with you. If everyone can please check out Julia's podcast, the Cosmic Peach podcast, it's on all major streaming platforms. Also, Julia, where can we find your new merch line? It is your merch line is gorgeous. (laughs) I designed every little piece by myself and I put a lot of thought into that. So I'm glad you appreciate that. And I have a link tree on my Instagram. You hit the link tree in my bio. It'll take you to where my podcast is. It'll take you to my merch shop. It'll take you to um, my, oh, what else is on there? I have like a a 
tip jar on there. If you want to, if you're feeling frisky and you want to buy me a coffee, just cause leave me two bucks, whatever. So I have my tip jar, my merch line and all my podcast platforms on my link tree. If you want to check that out. And um, yeah, thank you, Tetris. You're so welcome. Thank you so, so much. And I really look forward to podcasting with you again. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. When I had you to myself, I didn't want you around. Those pretty faces always make you stand out in a crowd. But someone picked you from the bunch when the glance was all it took. Now it's much too late for me to take a second look.